Welcome to Aspen Reads, a podcast interviewing authors and reading snippets of their books to help you decide if it's the book for you. I'm your host, Aspen Bassett, and today I'm here with Piper Collins, author of The Crown Prince Chronicles. How are you doing, Piper? Pretty well. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. Excited to have you on here. Thank you for having me. I'm quite honored. (laughs) So tell (laughs) us a little bit about yourself, Piper. How long have you been writing? Um, I, well, on and off mostly my whole life, um, but I got serious and published my first book back in January of 2018, and ever since then, it's just kind of been a loving roller coaster of emotions and rides, and, <laughs> um, it's just been going on since then. Nice, that's awesome. Super fun. <laughs> So I want to talk specifically about your book, Bastion. Sure. Bastion. Um, how can you give us like a quick blurb of what this book is about? Yes. Um, so according to the tabloids, Bastion is a playboy prince, but you can't believe everything that you read. Unfortunately, that's what Alana did. When she's forced to accept a check at a grand opening ceremony from him, he senses her disdain and is quickly determined to prove the rumors false. But will Alana allow herself to be swept off her feet by a wooing, sexy prince? And in turn, will Bastion have what it takes to break down her defenses? Ooh, that's intriguing. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> oh, man. So what do you love about this book the most? Well, I've always been a huge, huge fan of the royal romance genre. Um, I've immersed myself in them. I've read so many of them. Um, and so when I was reading them, I just said to myself, you know, I want to make kind of my own and I want this to be my next challenge. Um, So I set out to write a series of princes um, and I wanted them to embody typical characteristics of what you'd expect from young hot royals. But I knew that I also really wanted to humanize them and make them vulnerable, make them likable and even have the audience get annoyed with them because they are humanized. Um, Because they are just like us. They just have a lot more money and things at their disposal. (laughs) (laughs) They're like us with resources. Exactly. (laughs) I actually love that about your books, too, because I've read them. And I remember thinking, wow, this is the first book where the prince is, like, fully human. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I tried really, really hard. Clearly, like we said, they've got everything at their fingertips. But underneath it all, they're just humans. He's a man. And Mm -hmm. he's got needs and likes and dislikes and vulnerabilities, just like all of us. And why not bring that to the forefront? Nice. Yeah. I absolutely love that. That's kind of what hooked me to to your series the most. Oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have a favorite character? From Bastion, um, without stating the obvious of the two main characters, I thoroughly enjoyed writing the character of Henri, who is Bastion's security detail. There's not a lot of background that the audience is necessarily given about him, um, but he's kind of an underdog. He's a man of very few words. He does have military training background, um, but he's just got some really funny one-liners, I feel, and because he is a man of few words, you listen when he talks. 
And at least that's what I tried to portray with him. But he was really, really fun to write. And I enjoyed that, that aspect a lot. Oh, that's awesome. I love characters like that. They're really intriguing because, yeah, like when they do talk, you're like, oh, what? Like they add flavor. Fully. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So I know in my personal world, like when I'm writing, sometimes I see the book as like actually as a written form. Sometimes I see it as a movie or, Mm -hmm. you know, one time I even kind of saw it as a comic book. So when you got the original idea for Bastion, did you always see it as a book or did you see it like as a movie or something else? Um, I think with Bastion, actually the entire Chronicle series, um, I approached him as books. However, when I develop my characters, I'm an incredibly visual person and sometimes I hit a roadblock if I cannot visually see an aspect or a facet of somebody even if it's down to their eye color so I kind of pine and obsess over those physicalities and clearly I develop their (laughs) personality (laughs) well but um so it was a book but what helps me is picking Um, different things from celebrities and other people in the light. And with those in place, I have a much better time focusing and staying on track and staying true to the character because of that focus, if that makes sense. So it really does. I see that. Yeah. So clearly, you know, I might have, you know, Bastion is XYZ uh, actor in my mind. So it would be easy to translate it into a movie, I think, but <laughs> I didn't have all three of them only visualized as books, but nice. that, that was kind nice. of my process. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say to listeners that Piper Collins, if you follow her at Instagram, she has an amazing Instagram. Like she posts some of oh. her inspirational photos on there and it is just phenomenal. So if you enjoy aesthetic visuals visuals. (laughs) (laughs) then follow her on instagram at piper.collins.author thank you that's very kind i do try and put a lot of time and effort into it but again instagram is you know a very visual platform as well so it kind of goes hand in hand so it's it's pretty great that way it's perfect definitely (laughs) so can you give us a behind the scenes look at how you wrote this book Yes, so Bastion was a bit of a labor of love, as are all the books that I write, but this one is different. So I started it, um, I want to say around Christmas time last year, really developing it and kind of putting pen to paper. And um, I would, you know, visit it here and there over the next couple of months. And then I would bring my laptop to my nine to five job and, you know, write on my breaks and this and that. I'd write in the evenings when I got home, if I had a spare minute here and there, but then COVID hit Mm -hmm. and great. That's awesome for writers. Right. But once I was in lockdown, that was such an emotional up and down time for everyone. And I was no different. And so, yeah, I finally had the time, but I would sit in front of my computer screen and completely just feel uninspired by everything that was going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And it was a struggle. um, I'm not going to lie. And I think a lot of people had 
in our industry experience that. Absolutely. Um, you know, so some time passed and, you know, things got a little different and a little better and still that roller coaster and whatnot, but I kind of pushed through it and got it done and published. And then within, I think, two or three months, I got the next two books developed, written and published as well. So I really just powered through it. And then, you know, yeah, I was, I was about to say you, you started this in the beginning of the year and you've got three books out in the series already. <laughs> <laughs> I was really inspired with this series. It, it really awesome. resonated. <laughs> so, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> awesome. So you've got three books out now. Are you planning on writing more within this uh, series or are you wanting to go elsewhere? This series is done. It did end with Casper. So it's Bastion, Remy, and Casper. Um, so it's completed. And I feel like I did a really good job tying up all the loose ends. Not that they were linked so much. They just had cameos from each prince and each I book. love that. <laughs> I really like I that too. That. <laughs> <laughs> so from here, I am um, starting a new standalone, standalone excuse me, um, book. And I'm really, really hoping by the end of the year, I can shoot to have it done. Um, but it's going to be a rom-com. So a little bit different, but not really. But I'm really excited to kind of venture, you know, off to that little spider web of a tangent from the entire romance umbrella. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't wait already to read that book. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have elements that I've not done before so you know I, I really enjoy the challenge of, of trying to do new things and you know trying to reinvent the wheel I guess because mm -hmm. you know it's it's easy to fall into the same rut of you know the same old trope and whatnot but hopefully I will make it much better <laughs> <laughs> I love it it's so nice when you have just like a little bit of a challenge to like keep growing as an author and your readers can always tell that as well you know give them something fresh something new absolutely yeah and and I've never been one to shy away from research and I just think that it, without it you can't have you know a multifaceted character and or story or mm -hmm. setting or whatever and the, to me it's fun but I'm, I'm also kind of a, a nerd that way <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh girl <laughs> me too I never thought that I like liked learning but it's then, so fun. It's so fun. Like, once you get out of school, it's a really fun to, thing to do. <laughs> yeah, once it's not mandatory, yeah. and I guess once you have to start paying for it yourself, you're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm just out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If Kid Me knew how many nonfiction books that I have read as research, Seriously. she would be horrified. But it's so much fun. Yeah. It's part of the process, though, it you know. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and it does add another level to the books, yeah, to do that research. I think so, absolutely. Yeah, otherwise you're reading the back of a cereal box. Exactly, yeah. Well, that's not fun. Not Unless so you're much. eating cereal, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopefully the sugary kind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. So for the listeners here, whenever somebody is looking for a book, they always have that one question, why should I read this? So not to give you like the hardest question that any author has ever had, but what will audience get out of reading Bastion? 
I think besides the obvious of the swoon worthy prince and Which being is always a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, all the sexy moments. Yeah. Um, I feel that I have created a world and characters and situations that fit within the genre of royal romance, but it's different, kind of back to what we were talking about first with um, humanizing the characters or the, the prince, at least. Um, so, again, it's got the, the genre title behind it, but it's different, and, and hopefully it's a fresh approach to it and hopefully readers and the audience can can kind of resonate with it a little more yeah i like it and i and somebody who has read the books i agree with that statement so that's a good Thank you. yeah <laughs> readers will get that out of your books i like it oh that makes me happy <laughs> I actually have a little snippet of Bastion to share with everyone today, and this reading is brought to you by Fable Grounds Coffee. What's a better combination than books and coffee? Over at Fable Grounds Coffee, you can find delicious, fresh, roasted coffee themed around your favorite books. From Lord of the Rings to Red Rising, there is something for everyone. So head over to fablegroundscoffee.com and use Thank You 10 to save 10% off your first purchase. Now. This scene of Bastion happens after the lead character's department burns down and there's a ribbon-cutting ceremony as a grand reopening. Prince Bastion, whom she despises, is doing the honors and has a little speech prepared. Bastion paused, glancing at the crowd, before referencing his notes once more. The work that is done here is utterly important on so many levels cataloging, documenting, and preserving our nation's story is not something to be taken lightly. I see a crowd of scholars and archivists before me who have dedicated their work to the Kingdom of Devmont, and for that, not only am I grateful, but let me take this moment to say thank you on the behalf of the entire royal family. I looked around, bemused with the expressions of enrapture. He had them hook, lined, and sinker. I found myself paying more attention to them as opposed to the heir apparent, though I'd have to say he was much better looking in person. It could be the Monet effect, though. Perhaps he was a bit of a mess closer up. As part of our thank you to help with your continued efforts here, he continued, I want to present the Devmont Department of History with this check. That was my department, and he had one of those obnoxiously large checks to present to us. Even from here, I could see the amount on the right-hand side and gasped. Everyone in the crowd began exchanging looks, glancing around, looking for something. Matthias nudged me and said in an even voice, He's waiting for you to accept the check, boss. No, 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 no. It's not that I wasn't grateful for the donation, but I didn't want to have to be in the position to accept this in front of everyone, from the prince no less. Within moments, everyone had seemed to find me and began to make a part in the crowd. Once the crowds had parted like the Red Sea, I had a direct line of sight to the prince, and he was staring at me, waiting for me, patiently. I literally had no choice. I took a deep breath, squared my shoulders, and prayed I wouldn't trip on my way up to the stage. All eyes were on me, and I had never felt more uncomfortable in my entire life. 
The life of a scholar is quiet and unassuming, and now I was on my way to meet the prince. You can do this, Alana, I told myself. He's just a man. He has to put his pants on the same way as everyone else. He's human. My inner monologue worked until I reached the stage and caught my first real glimpse of him. Just a man. But a man that was better looking than any man I had ever encountered up till now. His angular jaw was covered in a well-trimmed beard, and up close I noticed how piercing his green eyes were, like a lagoon. Fine, he could have his looks, but I had to remind myself the reasons I didn't respect him. And why does it matter how he spends his free time behind closed doors when all you're here to do is shake his hand, take the check, and disappear into the crowd once more, I asked myself. I ascended the stage and made my way over to him, my feet feeling like lead, but moving on their own volition. I was now standing next to him. He smelled amazing. He looked amazing. And when he shook my hand, he felt amazing. I'm Bastian, he said simply, his warm hand continuing to envelope mine. I know who you are, I thought dumbly. Er, hi, I managed to say. Thank you, I said, finding my voice. The department will put this to good use. Your generosity is much appreciated. Not expecting him to say anything further, I turned to the jubilant crowd and offered a tight smile. I hadn't realized he had slid closer to me until he leaned down and whispered, I have no doubt you will. An immediate shiver raced down my spine like a lightning bolt I hadn't expected. I couldn't tell if I was flustered from his close proximity or the ambiguous nature of his words. Shall we cut the ribbon? he asked the crowd, acting more like a rock and roll headliner than a prince, and was met with raucous cheers. I hiked the check under my arm and beelined myself off that stage before I spontaneously combusted from embarrassment. So, if you want to read more about Piper Collins' book, Bastion, you can purchase it on Amazon. It is available as both a physical copy and a Kindle. You can follow Piper Collins on Instagram at piper.collins.author. You can also follow me on Instagram at Aspen Bassett, and I will be posting alerts and possible giveaways and a lot of awesome little snippets as well. So always good to follow. So thank you for listening, and thank you, Piper, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Bye, lovelies. <laughs>